Welcome to another powerful word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church in the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Let me set the tone for an expectation tonight. For those of you on campus and those of you online, let me set a bar for you. Let me set a, um, set a hope. Tonight's hope is that your life would be changed by the Word of God. That without respect to what else is going on in the world, without respect to what else is going on in your world, that tonight would change your life. I believe with all of my heart that God is a God of destiny. That God is a God that meets us every step of our lives. That there are no coincidences. That there are no happenstances. That we find ourselves exactly where we needed to be in moments that God wants to touch us and change our life forever. So just decide that tonight is your night, that this word tonight is for you, because as we're connecting it to this season of thanksgiving, we are also opening up our hearts so that God can shape us and mold us. He is the potter, we are the clay. And so tonight, in fact, let me just prophesy to you. Okay, uh, I believe that the Holy Spirit has already told me today that he would change the lives of every person whose heart would be open to hear him tonight. I believe he spoke that to me today. I was praying this morning. I was studying. I was doing my due diligence, opening up my heart to the Lord. And I questioned the Lord and I said, Lord, what will tonight be, Lord? What difference, Lord, uh, do you want to make tonight? And I believe the Lord shared with me that he would change the lives of every person who would open up their heart to him tonight. So if that's you, then guess what? You're on your way to a life change, hearing something that you can put into your life that will make a difference in your life for you, for your family, for God, for others that God is going to use you to reach. Uh, in, here in the coming days. So open up your heart if you would. While you're opening up your heart, open up your Bibles to the book of Colossians. We'll be going, going to the book of Colossians in a moment. And tonight we are talking about a thankful sacrifice. A thankful sacrifice. You know, uh, some of you have been with me on some of the tours that we have taken through the years. And, and uh, one of the places that I have had the privilege of driving through numbers of times is uh, Turkey, the modern-day country of Turkey. You know, two-thirds of the New Testament either happened in Turkey or was written to people in Turkey. Whenever the Apostle Paul got born again... You know, he was on the road to Damascus, and he saw a great light. He got born again. He ministered for a short period in Damascus. He ministered for just a short period in Jerusalem. And the apostle Paul was sent by the church and by the elders and the apostles in Jerusalem. He was sent back home. Guess where he lived? He lived in the modern-day country of Turkey. He lived in a place called Tarsus which is just north of the Mediterranean Sea, just in the, in, in, oh, the 
central, eastern, southern, eastern part of, of, of Turkey, okay? Right on the Mediterranean, right off the Mediterranean Sea. And so the Apostle Paul, we follow him on his journeys. He was brought to Antioch sometime later by a man named Barnabas. You can read about this in the book of Acts. And when he was brought to Antioch, guess where Antioch is? It's in Turkey, okay? And then he and Barnabas... You know, in, in Acts chapter 13, they were sent by the church on what is called Paul's first missionary journey. Guess where Paul went on his first missionary journey? You know, mostly all those cities, you know, except for Cyprus, they're in Turkey. Isn't that amazing? Then his second missionary journey, guess what? He went back and visited the churches that he had helped establish in Turkey. Huh. And then he goes then and decides to go across and into Greece a little bit, but he comes back and ministers all through Turkey. That's where Ephesus is. You know, that's where uh, the seven churches of Revelation, they're all in Turkey. Uh, and, and so that area that we know as modern-day Turkey is a very Bible-rich area. And uh, I've gone well out of my way a number of times and many of you have been with me, probably, you know, 75 or so people from our church have been with me. We have driven well out of our way to go to this little hill. It's 100 feet high. It's 22 acres. And it's the old biblical site of Colossae where the church, where Paul wrote the letter of, of uh, to Colossians to the church, and he also wrote the letter to Philemon. Philemon lived in Colossae. And here, this, this very Bible-rich 22 acres, this hill that we have to climb, you know, and those of you that have been with me, you know it has thorns, and you know, and you end up, uh, and it's not easy to climb. Uh, you know, it was destroyed in the 60s, A.D. 60, uh, 60, maybe 8, 69, something like that. It was destroyed by an earthquake, and people moved from that place down and, and reestablished. But uh, the church that the Apostle Paul wrote to only had a short time to be in existence after they received this letter because an earthquake would destroy the whole city. And when you walk on that hill, no one goes there, you know, uh, I love to go to places that are obscure. I love to go to the biblical sites where tourism and, uh, and the money traders, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, where things have not yet been spoiled. You know, uh, there, there are not even any excavations there in Colossae. It's just a hill by the river Lycos. It's about nine and a half to ten miles away from Laodicea. And it's just, uh, it's just a hillside. Uh, um, and, and uh, you know, you go up at it to your own peril and you step on these great columns that used to be a part of the city and you can, you know, uh, you can just romp around and, and, and you know, um, I love to go there. One of the reasons I love to go there is because I love the book of Colossians. You know, uh, uh, it's especially in Colossians 3, 1 through 3, that says, you know, if you then be risen with Christ, the Apostle Paul wrote to them, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth, because you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Oh, I, I, I love that thought that, that you know, uh, we are dead 
and yet we live. But as he wrote to Galatia, which guess where Galatia is? It's a region in the modern-day country of Turkey. And he wrote to this region of Galatia, and he told them that you are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live. Yet it's not you that live, but it's Christ that lives in you. And the life that you now live in the flesh, you live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved you and gave himself for you. That's why we embrace this thought of being risen with Christ. We are already raised and seated with Christ in heavenly places. You know, it does not yet appear what you shall be, but you look different to God than you look to yourselves and others. He sees you in a heavenly manner. He sees you raised and seated. He sees us dead in Christ, yet alive because of the blood of Jesus that saved us from our sins and that we have died with Jesus on the cross. We were with him on the cross and we have not only died with him, but we have been raised with him. We've been seated with him in heavenly places. That's what he wrote in Ephesians. And again, Ephesus is in the modern day country of Turkey. Such a Bible rich area. I often, as I said, prefer to travel and and take our tours to places where treasure hunters have not yet spoiled and where we can uh you know uh, in, in in quietness have an adventure a bible adventure together and tonight uh, I, I i feel drawn back again in fact uh, today to the book of colossians uh and uh, to realize that there is a constant reminder When the Apostle Paul wrote this epistle, he wrote it from prison in Rome. And he wrote it with a perspective, even in chains, in every chapter of the book of Colossians, he wrote about being thankful. He wrote about uh, this season that we are in in the United States of America, a season of thanksgiving. In fact, the Apostle Paul found himself constantly in a season of thanksgiving. How in the world can you be thankful? How in the world can you encourage others to be thankful? How can you thank God when you're in chains, when you're in prison, when you are in trouble, when it seems as though the whole world is, is, is falling down on you? It's because you know something that others don't know. It's because you have taken on a different nature. It's because you are not like the world. Something changed in you. Something basic. Something at its root. You have a different DNA. You have become a new creation in Christ Jesus. When you get born again, you have become a child of God, created in His likeness, in His image. All things passed away and all things become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled you to Christ, to wit that God was in Jesus. Bringing the world, reconciling the accounts against you. He, is, he, has, he has zeroed out your debt and your balance. And uh, that's something worth being thankful for without respect to what you may find yourself encountering in this world. Because we know of all people, 
we know that this world is not the end. We know this world is on its way to hell. We know that the world is not going to get better. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is not in the government. So when the government might disappoint us, we do not fall to our face without hope because our hope was not in the government. Our hope was in the world. We pray for the government and we do you know, uh, uh, you know, want them to do better. But our hope cannot stand in our bank accounts. Our hope cannot stand in, 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 in our you know, um, economy of our nation. Our hope cannot stand in anything other than Jesus Christ and the future He has paid for. It's a future in heaven. It's a future that's out of this world because our life is hidden with Christ. If our life is in God, we are dead and yet we live. This world is not our home. We of all people. Why? Because we have been chosen by God before the foundation of the world to have His Son live in us in such a way that just our presence should impact those who are in our office, those who are in our classrooms, those with whom we interact on a daily basis, just our presence because God lives on the inside of us, the creator of the universe, his spirit is inside of us. We are called the elect of God and for that we should be thankful we should not go to work. We should not go to school. We should not go to our adventures on a daily basis. And just because something happens in this world, we should not react like this world. We should react like a child of God. Our hope is in Jesus. And we can offer that hope to everyone else. We can offer that thanksgiving. Our praise is unto Him. Our trust is in Him. And though, you know, uh, the, the, though the... The, the, the calves, you know, uh, they, 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 the, the fruit doesn't bear. The, the, what else? Our hope is in God. We are not bound like others who do not know Him. And we should therefore act different. But acting different should not be something that we have to put on in such a way that we are lying to ourselves and others. There should be this wellspring on the inside of us that is fed daily, this fire that we have stoked, this burning of the Holy Ghost on the inside of us that makes us different. It, you know, we're not just acting different, but we should act different because we are different, not act different because you know, we're lying to ourselves or lying to others. You know, that difference that we need in our life that God needs from us that difference comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ it comes from us actually having done something to stir up that fire to keep that fire going in our life because we are connected to God we're not just saved and on our way to heaven and just trying to survive in this world 
but rather we are a light, that we are salt, we are hope, we are grace, we are peace, we are patience, we are kindness, because it's the fruit of our life that is growing in such abundance, and the fruit of every tree is not for the benefit of the tree. The fruit of a tree is for the benefit of others who need to eat that fruit. The fruit of our lives should be growing. It should be fertilized and watered. And we can ill afford to to pursue our profession. We can ill afford to pursue our our financial well-being above our relationship with Jesus Christ. The world is lost and hurting and the world is crazy. If you have not seen the news lately, it might shock you to find out what's going on around the world and what people are doing. I am shocked every time I listen and and, and get some update with what's going on in the world. And yet, I know that I am not of this world. What else can I expect from a world that is without God? We are the only hope. And we need to present that hope as we walk in this world you know if you are going to a job if you are on your way each day in into an environment that is worldly if you are going into a situation where there are sinners and where there are people who are engaging in conversations that, that you had you know, I'd rather not hear. If you find yourself amongst sinners every day, thanks be unto God that they have a light among them. That they have someone who knows the answer, someone who can be an encouragement, someone who can share the truth, someone who can give them the hope they need. And that hope is in Jesus. That hope is not just in another temporary fix. That hope is not just in another, you know, um, drink. That hope is in Christ. Well, this evening on Thanksgiving Eve in America, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture in Colossians, and specifically in Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to read a short exhortation from the Apostle Paul. He is writing to the church in a time when things were very difficult in the Roman Empire. It It was almost at its worst. He is writing here as we understand, about two years before Rome burns. About, uh, you know, the, the government of Rome was in, 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 in chaos and in turmoil, and, and it, it affected the whole Roman Empire. And, and soon, in fact, just in a few years, uh, this city that he is writing to the church in this particular city, as I said, they're going to experience an earthquake that's going to completely destroy the city. And as far as we know, that church may never have met again. You know, it happens. Can you imagine never meeting again? You know, it wasn't but just a few years ago that, that uh, you know, some churches in New Orleans prior to Hurricane Rita and Katrina, you know, one Sunday they met and boom, you know. I mean, churches, mega churches never have met again. Isn't that that, that's a sobering thought. Well, the church in Colossae was headed toward a moment 
when perhaps they would be, the city was completely destroyed and there's, there's just no telling what they did from there. But the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, found it necessary, found it advantageous, found it you know, a, 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 a godly thing to write to them and in each chapter of the book of Colossians to include a reason that the Apostle Paul was thankful or to encourage them to be thankful, even though they were going through some difficult times and headed for some even more difficult times. Colossians, the third chapter, verse number 12. Therefore, you know, because you are chosen, because you are risen with Christ, because, because you, you know, because of who you are, therefore, as the elect of God, what is that saying? That's simply saying, therefore, because you have been chosen by God, because you are born again, therefore, as the elect of God, do this. You know, you are, you are holy, you are beloved. Have you ever considered yourself to be holy and beloved because you are a child of God? I mean, different, different than those who are not children of God. Different than those who have not been born again. Different from those who you may meet on a daily basis out in the world who have never asked Jesus to become their Lord and Savior. You are the elect of God. You're different. You are different. If you have been born again, you are different. You know, uh, and, and it's not some exclusive club. It's a club that God wants everyone to join. It's a, God, it's, it's, it's a God invitation, whosoever will, he that hath an ear, lest at any time. It's not, you know, there's, there's, there's no requirement other than believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and inviting him into your life. You know, that's, there's, you know, you can't get good enough to get into this club. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't pay. You can't be, you know, uh, born of a privileged family. You cannot be of a certain color or race or tribe, tradition or culture. Anyone, anytime, anywhere that will invite Jesus into their heart to be their Lord and Savior will be born again and they become the elect of God. And once you become the elect of God, you are different. You're a new creature. You know, and I, I don't think we have this many times down in our head. I, many times I don't think we realize what a privilege it is that we are holy. That we walk in this earth as a different creature. We don't walk in this earth as just as a man. We walk in this earth as a child of Almighty God. Holy and beloved, elect of God. We, uh, we are the children of God. There's a different light in us. There's a different power in us. There's a, there, there's a different hope in us. And we need to realize it. First and foremost, we need to realize who we are in Christ. Therefore, because you are the elect of God and because you are holy and because God loves you in a different way as his child, just like you love children, but you love your children different than you love children. Hello. That's, that's, 
Where do you think you get that from? Okay, you are a child of God. You are holy, you are beloved. Therefore, put on. Come on. He's just basically saying act like it. Put on tender mercies. Clothe yourself with kindness. Why? Because you can afford it. You can afford to be kind. You are a child of God. You are the elect of God. You are holy and you are beloved. Come on, clothe yourself with some tender mercies. Be merciful to other people. Not everybody's on their way to heaven. Not everyone knows they have a hope. Not everyone is, is, is walking around in confidence and courage. Not everyone feels satisfied. Not everyone feels loved. Not everyone feels forgiven. Not everyone feels accepted. Come on, you can afford to put on some tender mercies. You can afford to clothe yourself with kindness, with humility. Humility, what is humility? Humility is simply my dependence upon God, knowing that in myself I cannot do it. I depend on Him. Clothe yourself, put on some meekness. Put on some long-suffering, some patience. Oh, come on now. If no one else in your office, if no one else in your classroom, if, 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 if no one else in the checkout line, if no one else you know, uh, at the family Thanksgiving dinner is patient, you should be. Why? Because you are the elect of God. You are holy and you are beloved. You have, you have a different resource you have, a, you have something different on the inside of you. Things should not irritate us the way they irritate the world. We have an answer. It is Christ and Him crucified. It is an eternity that we never have to put up with this stuff again. Some people are on their way to hell. It gets worse from here. For some people, tomorrow is the best day they are ever going to have. Be merciful. Be kind. Be considerate. Be patient. Verse 13, bearing with one another. Come on. Come on, bear with one another a while. And forgive one another. The least thing we can do is forgive each other. If anyone has a complaint against a brother, well, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Forgiveness. Above all people, we can afford to forgive. But above all these things, he said, put on love. Now, all that stuff is good. Being kind, being meek, being humble, you know, uh, uh, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, being merciful, uh, you know, uh, being patient. All that is good. But even more than that, come on, clothe yourself with some love, with some real love which is the bond of perfection. It, 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 it's the answer. It's the completion of your life would be to be clothed in love. Verse 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. The peace of God. Not peace because everybody else is at peace, but peace because God is at peace. Let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also you were called in one body, 
and be thankful. Wow. Such an admonition, such an exhortation, such an encouragement from the Apostle Paul. With all these other things thrown in here, he's encouraging them, listen, you know, above everything else, come on, clothe yourself with love and be thankful. Thankful for what? Well, thankful for all the things that we've just shared. You know, someone in your world needs a miracle. The miracle they need is to be born again. The miracle they need is to see the love of Christ. The miracle they need is the patience that they can see in you that will encourage them. You know, the kindness they need. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, verse 17 says, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks. Giving thanks to God and the Father through Him. Listen, if you can't do it in the name of Jesus, don't do it. If you can't say it in the name of Jesus, if Jesus isn't backing it up, okay, then maybe it's not worth your exclamation. This passage is clearly one of the best and most concise pieces of godly advice that you're going to find anywhere in the Bible. Just this passage would be enough for us to live a life of discipleship, to discipline ourselves in the ways of the Lord. Just this passage would be enough for a Christian to be encouraged to live like Jesus Christ and a reason why we should. It's because we are children of the Most High God. We are holy. We are beloved. We are the elect of God. Paul encourages everybody that has been chosen by God to simply put on these things. Come on, put on some mercy. Come on, be merciful. Don't be like the world. The reason why Christians live like the world is because they haven't challenged themselves to be different. They have not yet awakened to the fact of who they are and the capacity they have to be merciful, to be kind, to be like Christ, to put on love, to let the peace of God rule in their hearts and let the Word of God dwell in their hearts. We're encouraged to, to do this and to even sing spiritual psalms and hymns and songs to ourselves to sing to ourselves to encourage ourselves to speak to ourselves to admonish one another with with songs that's that, that's an encouragement to be joyful and encouraging to one another and let everything we say and everything we do be in the name of jesus the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to be thankful, not because we have to be, but because we want to be. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to be godly? You know, if you're born again, you have the capacity to grow the fruit of the Spirit in your life. It doesn't mean that you have fruit. It just means you have capacity to be fruitful. You know, you may not have any kindness to give someone else. Just because you're born again does not mean that you have love. Just because you are born again does not mean that you have joy. 
Just because you were born again does not mean that you could encourage someone by singing them a psalm or a hymn or making up a spiritual song to encourage yourself. You know, do you go down the road singing spiritual songs to yourself to encourage and admonish yourself? Maybe, maybe, maybe no. That might be because you don't have the fruit of joy in your life. Maybe you don't have any patience. Maybe you're one of those people who's been born again, but you have never invested in growing fruit in your life. Tonight is meant to change your life forever. Tonight is meant by God. You have, you have run right into destiny. You've run into a challenge. and You can hear the word of God and go away without ever changing. Or you can say to yourself, make a commitment to yourself, that I am going to grow some fruit. I'm going to recognize. I'm going to challenge myself, and I'm going to recognize when I do not have patience for people. I'm going to recognize when I do not have joy in my life. I'm going to recognize when I don't want to sing and I don't want nobody singing to me. I am going to recognize in my life when I have no kindness, when I'm out of kindness. I'm going to recognize in my life when I have no uh, patience, I have no, you know, there's no fruit in my life. Challenge yourself, make a commitment. Commitments are some of the most powerful things you will ever encounter in your world. Commitments, the I wills and the I do's of life. The signing of the contract in your heart to say, as for me, I will. As for me, I do. As for me, I am. I am a child of God, chosen from the foundation of the world, the elect of God, the light of the world, the salt of the earth. I am loved. I am holy. And I will grow the fruit of the Spirit in my life. I will recognize when I have no fruit for others. When there's nothing in my life that I can give to others. And when that happens, I'll do something about it. You're not going to build a fire without some effort. It takes effort. It takes effort to grow fruit. Be thankful, not because you have to, but because you want to. Being thankful, by the way, can sometimes be a sacrifice. You know that? Being thankful can at times be a sacrifice. Sometimes we have to begin the process. Sometimes we have to offer our thanksgiving to God to get the fire started, to get the fruit you know, germinating, to, to, to actually you know, plant the seeds in our life. You know, to stoke the fire, to, to break up the fallow ground in our life. Sometimes we actually have to make the first effort, and sometimes it's a sacrifice. Sometimes it is a, I don't want to, but I have to. I need to. And when you begin to grow the fruit, it changes from, my goodness, do you know how many times I find myself smiling at people that I used to would have slapped? 
It just doesn't hit me the same way. It just doesn't move me the same way. I can tell when I have fruit in my life and whenever I need to fertilize and water and pay a little more attention to. Well, sometimes it's a sacrifice. Hebrews 13 verse 15 says, Therefore, by Him, by Christ Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, words, giving thanks to His name. Giving thanks to His name. Do you know how you can, can jumpstart this fruit growth in your life? It's by opening up your mouth, even when you don't feel like it, and by offering God a sacrifice of praise in thanksgiving to Him for all He has done. And He has secured our eternity. Praise the name of the Lord. You can jumpstart yourself there. You can get yourself into a place where you actually begin to have the peace of God in your life and the joy of God in your life and love you put on. How do I put these things on? I offer God the words of my mouth in thanksgiving and praise to his name as I begin to praise the Lord I begin to see fruit grow in my life I begin to see my life change praising God opening up my mouth during the day or in a situation when a situation offers you a chance to cuss or to bless then bless Offer your praise to God. Whenever you want to kick something, lift up your hands instead and begin to praise God with your mouth. It might be a sacrifice. It might be, I don't want to, but I got to, because if I don't, I'm going to end up not being godly. And I am holy, and I am beloved, and I am the elect, and I cannot afford to be irritated and frustrated and aggravated to the point to where I present ungodliness to my office workers. I present ungodliness in the line at, at, at the store waiting for somebody or else whenever they give me the wrong uh, order in a, in a fast food line. Okay, okay, let me get some kindness before I circle back around or make that phone call or rush in with my burger or with somebody else's burger. Come on, living life in a real world. We are the elect of God. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on some tender mercies before you rush into that fast food restaurant. Put on some kindness. Put on some forbearing. Put on some forgiveness. How do you do that? Many times it's by offering unto him a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of my lips giving thanks to his name. Leviticus 22 verse 29. Even in Leviticus, when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, offer it of your own free will. Don't make mom or dad or or friend or spouse or pastor get you in a headlock to make you praise Jesus? Come on. Even in the Old Testament, under the law, God didn't accept a sacrifice if you didn't want it. Do you want to be godly? 
Do you want to have peace in your life? Do you want to have joy? Or have you just gotten so sour and upset that you no longer want to be happy, that you no longer want to be kind, that you no longer want to be merciful? Has the devil in this world got you so tangled up in here that all you can see and all you can want and all you can feel is darkness? Come on. Get out of that. Kick the devil out of your life. You are the elect of God. You are holy. Oh, please. You are beloved. There's so much to be thankful for. But God only accepts the sacrifice of your free will. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 12. For if there is first a willing mind... It is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he doesn't have. The Lord knows when you're short on fruit. But if there first be a willing mind, if there is a place that says, Oh, Lord, I am willing to be kind. I don't have it right now within me, God, but I am willing. Oh, Lord, I'm willing to be patient. Sometimes you just need to get yourself out of the situation and into your prayer closet, into your prayer room, outside walking around, you know, do something so that you and God can get it straight because God is willing to accept your sacrifice if you are willing. And if there first be a willing mind, God will accept what you have. And when God accepts what you have, he makes something out of it. He multiplies it. And all of a sudden you can turn around and go back in there and the joy of the Lord will be your strength and you'll be overwhelmed at all the things that you can do supernaturally that you could not do naturally because God has accepted your sacrifice of praise. He's accepted you turning to Him in a moment whenever you knew that you did not have what it takes for you to get through this. God is a gracious God. You are the elect of God. You are holy. You are beloved. And God will accept what you can offer Him if you offer it from a free will and a willing heart and a willing mind. Well, uh, I, I close uh, with our Thanksgiving. Pre Thanksgiving. I, I, I preached a little bit, didn't I? Well, I meant to teach this in such a gentle and kind way. I got passionate about it. You know, we're the only hope God has. I mean, would, would you want, if you were a fisherman... Would you want to be sent out into waters where there were no fish? No. We're soul winners. We should be thankful that we are sent out into a world of lost people. We shouldn't, we, we aren't sent out to condemn them, we're sent out to save them. We must be light, we must be bait, we must be, you know, uh, you know kind and merciful. Uh, so above all these things, he said, put on love. You know, love is where you will find peace. Okay? When you don't have the fruit of the Spirit love in your life, you won't have peace in your life. Love is where you will find the peace of God that passes all understanding. So if you're looking for some peace, look for love instead. Okay? Love, love will cover the deficits. Love is where you will find joy. That's why he said, you know, above all these things, put on love. Because he knows if you put on love, you'll, you'll end up with, with all these other things. Love is where you will find joy. Okay? I mean, it is, it is hard to, to, to love without being happy about loving. When you just let the love of God cover. 
And love is where you will find the strength to be thankful and to offer the sacrifice of praise. So above everything else, put on love. You know, find, find a reason to love others. And it can just be the Word of God. And sometimes when our love is lacking, our kindness will be lacking. When our love is lacking, our peace and our joy and our mercy will be lacking. It's hard to be merciful to somebody you don't care nothing about. Y'all hear that Sims Texas come out and mean nothing. Choose to put on love like a garment so that everything you say and everything you do, you will do in the name of Jesus and it will bring glory to God. Amen. Well, tonight I want to encourage you to... Uh, Take one thing at least home with you. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Maybe you can grow some fruit of the Spirit. Maybe you can ask God and commit to God to help you recognize when there's fruit lacking. And you can just step aside somewhere and begin to offer some praise to Him. You know, maybe you could just have to do it in your head. Maybe you just have to see yourself while the other people keep talking. You just see yourself praising God. And trust Him for the answers, for the peace, for the joy. He can supernaturally do through you more than you can naturally do on your own. Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.